You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 26th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosswick. I'm the expert in sight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic gets some help. The Chicago Bulls win a tiebreaker. We'll explain what that means for the Orlando Magic. Plus, a deeper dive into R.J. Hampton's numbers during his Rookie of the Month month. We'll talk about what is real and what may not be so real from R.J. Hampton's final month of the season, final few games of the season. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching for every download podcast for Lockdown in the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on any of the teams in the NBA playoffs, like, say, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Dallas Mavericks? Check out Lockdown Lakers and Lockdown Mavericks. There's a Lockdown podcast for every single team in the NBA, plus great podcasts covering the NFL, MLB, NHL, and college, too. No matter who your team is, check it out on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Search for, search for every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms today. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. There'll be no Locked On Magic Locker Room this week, but we're hoping that we'll be able to be back with you next week. So stay tuned for that. So Tuesday snuck up on everybody um, and turned out to be a pretty big day in in the world of the Orlando Magic and the world of the NBA. The NBA had its official tiebreaker. Uh, uh, for the for NBA draft spots. A- any team that is tied in the draft, they do not use a uh, season record. They don't use anything like that to break ties in the NBA draft order. It is um, literally done by a random draw. They put, every, they put each team's logo on a ping pong ball, they drop it in a drum, and they draw it out. The Chicago Bulls were uh, tied with the New Orleans Pelicans and Sacramento Kings for eighth in the draft order. So there was a tie that needed to be broken, and of course the Magic have uh, great interest in that um, because uh, they hold the Bulls pick if it's outside the top four. And so that that tie was broken, and it turned out favorably for the Orlando Magic. The Chicago Bulls won the tiebreaker. The Sacramento Kings finished second, and the New Orleans Pelicans were left with the remains, meaning the Chicago Bulls are eighth in the lottery order. Now, what does this mean and what does this not mean? Um, there, there's definitely a little, there's some confusion about this. Um, so let, let's let's clear up what this means. This does not improve or change the Chicago Bulls' odds of winning the NBA draft lottery. They retain the same chance, a 4.5% chance, 45 number combinations in the lottery, and a 20.2% chance of getting into the top four. So the Magic still hold a 4 in 5 chance of receiving the Chicago Bulls' pick. That's that's really the important thing for the Magic. What this means, though, is let's say let's say the lottery goes unchanged. Magic pick third, all that jazz. Um, not all that jazz because the Jazz are in the playoffs, but you get you get what I'm saying. Um, if the lottery order remains unchanged, the Bulls pick eighth. If let's say you know if if. Whenever it becums the Bulls' turn in the draft order, when it becomes the order, the turn of those three teams, the Bulls always win. So the only way the Sacramento Kings and New Orleans Pelicans can pick before the Chicago Bulls 
is if they win the lottery itself or if they get into the top four. Otherwise, the Bulls pick ahead of them. That's the important thing here. That's what matters. So essentially, instead of picking 10th, the Bulls pick 8th. That's actually kind of important because the odds here matter. The Chicago Bulls have... Uh, there's there's a better than... So essentially, um, the Chicago Bulls have a 34.5% chance that that pick will land at number 8 and a 36.2% chance it will land at number 9. Obviously, those percentages would go down if they had lost this tiebreaker. Essentially, there is a 2-3 and three chance, or a little bit better than a 2-3 and three chance, the Magic will be picking 8th or ninth in this draft. That's the real impact of this of this tiebreaker of the Magic of the Bulls winning this tiebreaker and giving the Magic this opportunity, and it is very much an opportunity. This opportunity to again to win to 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 win this to win the, to or, or to get this pick or to win this pick from the Nikola Vucevic trade. Again, the numbers are very very simple here. There's a roughly 80% chance that the pick will convey to the Magic and a roughly 60, uh, roughly 70% chance that it will land at the 8th or 9th pick. So start figuring out uh, who you like at 8 or 9 because that's likely where the Magic will be picking. Again, Orlando retains all the same percentages we talked about before. They have a 14% chance, 140 number combinations to win the NBA draft lottery and a 50.4% chance of and a roughly 50% chance, I think it's 50.1 or 50.4, something like that, percent chance to get in the top four as one of the teams with the three worst records in the league. So the Magic, you know, have, again, a coin flip chance of landing in the top four and a roughly two-thirds chance of getting the eighth or ninth pick. That's where the Magic sit right now. So this was a very, very good day for the Magic, unless it's not. Because the other thing that this tiebreaker does, uh, and, I, and I will do my lottery explainer um podcast or lottery explainer article uh, probably I'm gonna wait probably till not next week but the week after to really to, to dive into the process here but the nuts and bolts of it is each team is assigned a certain number of number combinations so if you've heard me say the magic are getting X amount of number combinations or this team's getting X amount of number combinations that's what I'm talking about is the actual process of the lottery. It's not just everyone's name goes in a jar and they they, they spin it out. They have an actual process to how they do this. Um, so what this does, again, the Bulls don't get any more number combinations because of this tiebreaker. What they do get is the first 45 number combinations that are assigned to the 8, 9, and 10 teams. So they get the they get like they win the tiebreaker by going first. They also get the first set of those number combinations that are assigned to those three spots and split evenly among the three teams. So again, Bulls don't improve their chances of winning the lottery. The Magic still have a very, very good chance of roughly four and five chance of getting that pick. It's a roughly two-thirds chance, a little bit more than two, two out of three chance of beginning the eighth or ninth pick. So the odds are very, very much in the Magic's favor that they will have a very, very successful NBA draft lottery. Unfortunately, we won't know what impact this has or what this means until we get to lottery day, um, June 22nd. So still a little ways away before uh, all this comes to fruition. I know it's hard. and I find it very difficult to talk seriously about the draft until the lottery is conducted, until we know what the order is. But to say the least, at least for today, a very good day for the Orlando Magic and a very good outcome for the Orlando Magic heading into the lottery. If anything, if anything, the Magic can practice winning lotteries before before they get um, 
before they get down to business as the Bulls had a one in three chance, of course, of winning uh, this tiebreaker procedure. There are other ties, of course, broken. You can find them uh, elsewhere. Um, just a quick announcement, too. Um, and we'll break this down when we get to, get to it. Um, here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, we are conducting a weekly mock draft. Um, so be uh, if, so if you're not following it already, follow Lockdown NBA Pods. Um, they will be tweeting out our videos explaining our picks. Uh, we did conduct our first mock draft yesterday. Uh, I'm going to hold the results close to the vest a little bit and wait to wait until um, and wait until. Uh, uh, until we get get to closer to the to uh, until it's released to 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 release the results, but um, but we'll see. But you know, it's a good exercise to see how the draft can play out and what the Magic are looking for in the draft as well as you know as 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 well. So we'll talk about we'll talk plenty about that. We'll talk plenty about the draft. We talked a little bit about the draft yesterday. As we get closer to the NBA draft lottery, I'll continue to talk as well about playoffs. Uh, and things we can learn from the postseason. I have the Golden State Warriors set to set to go. It's up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com right now. Um, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Plus, player evaluations will begin. I'll start. I'll start running through player evaluations coming up here uh, over the next week or so as well. So, so plenty, 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 plenty to look forward to. Um, as we as we dive into this offseason. We'll talk a little bit about RJ Hampton and how he closed the season coming up here in just a bit. But first. I've used Locker Room for a little while now. It has been a fantastic experience getting the chance to interact with all of you uh, and, and interact and, and, and having the ability to hear what, what questions you have and try to answer them a little bit. I, I, I crowdsource. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I listen to you guys. When you guys ask a question and I don't know the answer, I don't have a good answer, it's a question that keeps coming up, I dive in. I try to answer it for you. I try to A, respond to you on Twitter, but I also try to make it posts. I try to make it segments on this show. So I love hosting locker rooms um, and, and being able to interact with you directly. If you don't know what Locker Room is, it's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. It is the perfect place the starter join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors around your leagues. You can even find hosts uh, from the Lockdown Podcast across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. I'll be, I'm planning on doing a Locker Room again next week, or you know, from uh, it'll be obviously Memorial Day weekend um, coming up this week, but I, I plan on doing a Locker Room next week. I've just got a lot of stuff going on this week. I'm not going to be able to get to it. Um, so, Let's so so plan on ha- on on joining a locker room at some point next week, either Wednesday or Thursday. Will probably be the best dates to do it. So just be on the lookout for more information on that coming up. Go download the free locker room app in the meantime. It's currently available on all iOS devices. It's in beta, I believe, on Android. So be on the lookout for that too. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me there as well at P Rossman Reich. So you know when I go live with my latest rooms, I'll usually post them as well on social media too. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you back on the app next week. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Magic Room is live. So download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So, you know, we're, we're still processing a little bit of what happened this season and, and how things are going to carry forward. And obviously, you know, I, I, I honestly think the team we're going to see next season is going to be very different than the team we saw to end the season. Not just because players will get better, not just because Jonathan Isaac is expected back, not, be, not just because Markel Fultz is expected back. Um, it, it's, it's because fundamentally 
there was just no time to change things. Um, uh, you look at the way the Magic were playing and the offensive offensive sets, and even the defensive sets they were running. Like there, there, there are principles that are going to be the same no matter what, and some things that'll be the same no matter what. But they were trying to run Wendell Carter like he was Nikola Vucevic. They were trying to run certain players and certain plays the way that they'd always run them because there just wasn't time to drill in and create new plays. And on top of that, everyone got hurt at the end of the season, and so we were watching a team that doesn't resemble anything like we're going to see when the season starts next year. The hope is that, A, Steve Clifford can, you know, study what he can study and build a a new offensive scheme or build a, a different defensive scheme that takes advantage of the new weapons the Magic have. But what we saw at the end of the season it's hard to figure out what matters and what doesn't. And I think that was a point that Steve Clifford tried really hard to make clear as the season was nearing its end. Um, Was that, you know, especially like blowout losses, those 30-point losses, those don't matter. You're not learning anything. You're not really gaining any understanding of how this team needs to play or how how good this team can be in those kinds of games. Um, Even some of the lineups that we were watching, I mean, I got to a point um, during the course of last season, course of the season, during the end of the season, where I was just like, you know what, any minutes that Cole Anthony's not out there, or, or certain lineups, I was just like, I don't care. I don't care if that that group plays poorly. Like I would, I would sit there and say, like, I want the starters to do well. I want RJ Hampton to play a little bit more with the starters. But when the bench is in, I don't care because those guys. You know, no offense to those guys, they played hard. They did what they had. They had did what they had to do. Those guys aren't going to be on the roster next year. So I'm not worried about those. I mean, about those players necessarily. And that's where R.J. Hampton kind of got the short end of the stick. Um, I'm going to come in here with some numbers and, and be a little bit critical of R.J. Hampton, um, but I'm not going to. I'm not. I just want to preface all this by saying R.J. Hampton was put in the worst position of all the young players. He was the one that had to play the most with players that are not going to be on this team next year, that are barely hanging on by a thread in the NBA. Um, He was the one that was kind of put most in position to play when the games don't matter, when the the game was already decided, when the game had already been blown out. Uh, And he just, he he, he thrived in it. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't play well, and I'm not going to sit here and say that that doesn't mean anything. Um, There's an argument being made by a couple mag- by a couple magic Twitter followers that, that I really that I really respect and, and 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 value their opinion. There's an argument that was being made like, look, does, is this really how good RJ Hampton is? Is this really how good some of these players are? Probably not. But it's better that they're able to do this than not. Mario Azonia wasn't dropping 25, wasn't dropping 25 or scoring triple doubles or you know playing consistently uh, in even these garbage time games the way RJ Hampton was. So I, I want to sit here and first say, before we dive into these numbers, before we dive into this argument that I'm about to make, that RJ Hampton got better. He is someone I think the Magic should continue to invest in, and I'm eager to see him play in more minutes that matter and it, with more groups that are going to help him grow and help the team win. Because that's just not what happened this year, especially at the end of the season. RJ Hampton earned the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month in May because of his numbers. And his numbers were very, very good. I mean, he averaged, what, 18 points per game, uh, had a a couple double-doubles, one with rebounds, one with assists, and back-to-back games, no less. Nearly had a triple-double in the final game of the season. You know, 16 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game, 5.6 assists per game, shooting 53.5% true shooting percentage, 50.5% effective field goal percentage, and 43.5% from beyond the arc. Again, 
eight games is small sample size there, but those are really good and encouraging numbers. RJ Hampton deserved the rookie of the month. He deserves our he deserves our attention. He deserves our development. Hampton is a good player, and I'm not sitting here saying that he's not. What I'm merely saying is his numbers, especially in May, deserve a little bit more scrutiny. Scrutiny. From May 3rd to the end of the season, RJ Hampton played roughly 120 and a half minutes where the score was within 15 points across seven across seven games. He scored 53 points, shot 21 for 55, 38.2%, and 2 for 6 from deep, while tallying 27 assists and 26 rebounds. Per 36 minutes then, Hampton averaged 14.9 points per 36 minutes, 7.6 assists per 36 minutes. Overall for the month of May, he averaged 19.1 points per 36 minutes and 6.7 assists per 36 minutes. To me, this suggests that his scoring was definitely a little bit inflated. And in fact, he played the entire fourth quarter in six of those games. I want to repeat that. He played the entire fourth quarter in six of those games, and that even includes playing a little bit in the third quarter. Six games of the total. Total in May. That's not something that's going to happen. Let's make that perfectly clear. The Magic used RJ Hampton excessively and used him in moments when the game was already decided. In his minutes with the game, where the game was more than a 15-point difference, nearly 81 minutes, he scored 54 points, so more points in less time, shot 19 for 36, 52.8%, hit 5 of 10 three-pointers, and dished out 13 assists. So for 36 minutes in this non-competitive time, we're going to just call that non-competitive, we're just going to set 15 points as the, as the barrier there. He averaged 24.1 points per 36 minutes and 5.8 assists per 36 minutes. So obviously, in those lineups, he was asked to score a lot more. Asked to score a lot more. And he did. Again, I'm not upset that he did. And and the Magic didn't fall down by, you know, I think it was maybe once or twice in my study, the Magic fell down by more than 15 points within a stint that he was playing. He was largely entering these games with the game already decided. The Magic did well. Did did well with with Hampton on the floor, but the point I'm trying to make here is a lot of those minutes, not not the majority of them, mind you, a lot of those minutes came with the game already decided. The non-competitive time included 12 points, four assists, and eight rebounds in nearly 20 and a half minutes of his near triple double game against the Sixers. So definitely that was a bit of stat padding, uh, um, and 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 you know again. Hampton did good things. I'm not sitting here saying Hampton did good things. The fact that he was passing the ball so well in lineups that mattered is a good sign. The offensive confidence still needs to come. And, and if and if these non-competitive minutes serve to give him some offensive confidence so that he can play better in minutes that matter next year, then it will be a success. I'm not saying those are wasted minutes per se. I'm just saying the numbers need a little bit of grain of salt. They don't matter. He's playing against poor competition. Even... The competitive game against the Detroit Pistons, where the Magic won and Hampton played the entire fourth quarter, the Pistons were also playing a lot, played their same lineup for the entire fourth quarter. It's not like they were desperately trying to win that game either, although they did come back, although they did make a comeback and make that game a little closer than it was throughout the course of the game. In May, the Magic had a minus 3.4 net rating with Hampton on the floor. 109.1 points per 100 possessions, 112.5 points allowed per 100 possessions. That was the second best mark on the team in the month. I was not able to, set, to split that by scoring margin. So again, Hampton did a lot of really good things. I'm not sitting here saying that he didn't. 
But the numbers deserve context and the numbers deserve a little bit scratching under the surface. This is a kid who is an improved three-point shooter, but still has a lot of work. This is a guy that is really showing some, some passing knack, but needs to be put in lineups where he can display that a little bit more and it can make an impact. Because again, most of Hampton's lineups were with players that aren't going to be on the team very long. The most common lineup that Hampton played in was with Chasen Randall, Sundarius Swarnwell, Ignas Brasdakis, and Dante Hall. They played 48 minutes together. That group had a plus 4.6 net rating, suggesting that, yes, when the Magic were down and they played that end of that ending lineup, they made up some ground. But again, how much of that was spent with the game already decided? In May, he played 95 minutes with Mo Bamba, netting a minus 1.7 net rating their time together. It's the fifth most frequent pairing for Hampton in May. He played 67 minutes with, Art, with Cole Anthony, the eighth most frequent pairing for him, and posted a plus 9.5 net rating, including 121.6 offensive rating. Magic did not try that pairing enough. I know it was something that Steve Clifford was trying to work toward, but injuries and rotation decisions kind of forced him to move away from it. He also had a plus 10.6 net rating in 45 minutes with Wendell Carter. So Hampton does pair well with the, mag- with the players the Magic do care about. And that was borne out throughout the month of May. Put him in lineups with the players you care about. Yes, his shooting and scoring might go down, but he's still going to be capable of making plays, especially in transition, which is where the Magic want to go. The Magic are not going away from RJ Hampton anytime soon. Again, I, just, I, I want to repeat that. This is, this, is, this is just diving a little bit deeper into the numbers. This is not to be critical of RJ Hampton. He did, you know, he played the scenario in front of him and he stood out. He makes us wonder, okay, how real are these numbers? How much can he contribute to a team that's, you know, frankly, built to win or more built to win? And I think that's the real question that the Magic are trying to answer because because of all this, because of these numbers and because of the lineups that R.J. Hampton was put into, out of all the young players the Magic have, R.J. Hampton might be the guy they know the least about. They are probably sure about less things regarding R.J. Hampton than anyone on the roster. And that's going to make this summer interesting for him and as well as for everyone else. How do the Magic integrate R.J. Hampton more fully into the team? How do they keep him in lineups that will help him develop and help him grow beyond just putting up numbers? It's great he can put up numbers. But now we need to see him contribute to winning. And again, he played well in the minutes that mattered. Not as well as he did in the minutes that did not matter. He certainly did some stat padding. But he still played well, and there's still something there to build on. And honestly, for rookies, that's all you want to see. A successful rookie season, and we're going to talk more about rookies at the beginning of next week, it looks like. For successful rookies, all what really matters is that you show something you can build on. And that's what RJ Hampton did in this time, even if his numbers are a tad inflated. We'll talk a little bit about the playoffs coming up here to wrap up the show. But first, but first, as this page loads, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. You know, I, I've, I've said this and I use this lead all the time, but and it's not actually something that's written down on, mar, on, the, on the copy that we, that we get here for Built Bar. Uh, but I, I, will, I will say this from personal experience. I, I am not a protein bar person. I don't like those energy bars. I, found, I always found the taste to be a little bit off and off-putting. And then looking at the nutrition facts made me realize, like, this isn't the bar for me. I'm not a heavy workout guy. I'm not someone that needs a ton of calories. I'm not someone that needs an extra meal. I just need a quick snack bar to give give myself the energy to get back into my day after a workout 
or to kind or to kind of push me through the wall that happens in the middle of the day. And that's exactly what Built Bar is. Right now, it comes in nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor, and all of them taste like they say. Whether it's coconut, whether it's cherry, whether it's mint brownie, whether it's peanut butter brownie, or whether it's just double chocolate. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and there's something for everyone. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, which is what you need, but only 130 calories. These aren't meal replacement bars, folks. These are snack bars, bars that supplement your diet, not add to it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's how I'm going to go with it. Only four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. In fact, a couple of flavors have a little bit more with 18 grams of protein and 180 calories, but all of the built Bars that I've seen at least are under 200 calories. So again, these are not meal replacement bars. These are true snack supplement bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to check out BetOnline.ag as well, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast today on Locked On Today. LeBron James and the Lakers get even against the Suns. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Obviously, um, the LeBron James performance uh, and, and Anthony Davis performance, just even their series with Phoenix Suns, was the huge takeaway uh, from the games on Tuesday night. Um, just a really just a really fun game to watch. I mean, the Suns did a great job kind of getting themselves back into the game. They're obviously playing without Chris Paul, and I think we're really starting to see some of the inexperience from the Suns um, and about how, you know, just, A, they've never been in the playoffs before, and it, it showed in, in that game um, where, where, you know, Sunday afternoon they played with just such extreme confidence. Uh, and, they, you know, they're still full of confidence. DeAndre Ayton is having his breakout series right now. Uh, and and Devin Booker is still trying to figure out the best way to impress to, to put himself into the series and losing a guy that can organize a team like Chris Paul really hurts. Um, really really hurts that team, uh, and and it shows. But you know they're still spunky. They still they've still got fight in them, and that that's a really good sign for Phoenix, I think, for the rest of the series. Uh, but the thing the thing I kept thinking about as I was watching the end of that game was, you know, at, at the end of the day, the Lakers have the two best players in the series. Um, and, and, you know, the, the old saying goes that if you have the best player in a playoff series, you have a chance to win. Because um, like, I, like I say all the time, the playoffs are about can you beat set defenses. When the defense knows exactly what you're trying to do and tailors their game plan specifically to stop it, can you still beat it? Can you still win? And that is, I think, still the huge question mark for... The Phoenix for the Phoenix Suns um, when they play against the Lakers because LeBron James can beat it, Anthony Davis can beat it, and they did that in Game Two to even the series. Um, Phoenix needs to get Chris Paul healthy. 
I don't. I, I think they could still win the series, but it's going to be tough. I mean, that that still looks like a seven-game series to me. Um, a must-win game for the Lakers, and their stars stepped up in the biggest moment after blowing the lead that they'd held throughout the course of the game. Um, the Suns were able to fight back. L- L.A. did what championship teams do. Frank Vogel called a timeout. They refocused, and they came out and blew the doors open to win that game. So don't don't uh, don't sleep on the Lakers just yet. They are not going anywhere. Yet they're not going completely anywhere yet. In other action, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the Dallas Clippers game because I was watching Lakers. But Luka Doncic is every bit as good as everyone thought he would be. Um, I didn't think he'd be this good, and certainly not this quickly. Um, but you know, Doncic is Doncic is just so good. Uh, now that guy is just carrying, and, and the Clippers, you know, the Clippers have lacked. Uh, honestly, from what I've watched, the Clippers have just lacked. Um, cohesiveness. It just never felt like they were together. Um, you know, certainly the Magic took took advantage of that and beat them. And they're obviously super talented, but it, it just doesn't feel like the Clippers have that spark. Um, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because Kawhi and Paul George just aren't on the same page. I don't know if it's because they don't have great role players. Um, you know, uh, Serge, Serge Ibaka has been good, but he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. They don't have a lot of scoring beyond their two stars. And, and you know, again, it it just, it just, it, it's always felt like something's off with the Clippers. Um, so, you know, I, I think they're in danger. Obviously, going down 2-0, heading on the road, you know, you're in, da- you're in danger zone. Um, there are not many teams that have come back from losing the first two games at home. I mean, the, the 2010 Magic know that better than anyone. So, definitely a danger point for the LA Clippers out in the West. Out East, another blowout for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, the Boston Celtics just, again, same like same thing as the Clippers. They just just don't seem to be together. They just don't. There's just a spark that's missing. And you know, Jason Tatum can carry that team only so far. But that 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 Nets group has that Nets group has that little bit of a spark. I mean, obviously they haven't played together. There's still a lot of newness to them, and it's still you can still feel how new they feel. Um, but but uh, the, the the Nets just they have so many weapons. And my like my big question about the Nets. Throughout the entire season was okay. Great, we know that they that they can score at will in the in the in the pre in the regular season, and that's still going to carry over. But the question is going to be what happens when defenses really can pin down on them and focus on them, and and how do defenses react to them? And so far, I mean, maybe the Celtics aren't the best defensive team in the world, but so far the answer has been you you still can't stop them. Um, their their offense is still really good. They have so many shooters. Joe Harris, ha, ha, you know, making what seven three pointers in the game. You know, Durant is still so dangerous. Or you know, this everyone is finding their their, their spots to take over. And you know, maybe Boston's not a great opponent. Milwaukee will be a much more interesting matchup if if that's what happens in the in the second round of the playoffs. Um, but you know, Brooklyn Brooklyn looks. You know, I picked Brooklyn to win the championship. I had the Nets over. I think the Suns in my in my bracket. Um, if if Brooklyn if Brooklyn Brooklyn looks every bit like a team that can win the championship, won't be an easy path to get there. Milwaukee's tough. Philadelphia's playing well. They'll play tonight in Game Two. Uh, it's but the, the Brooklyn just still looks really really tough, and I'm still tr- having trouble figuring out how teams are going to stop them. Don't forget new pl- there's more playoff action tonight with the Sixers playing the Wizards. Knicks Hawks was a fun game one. They'll play Game Two tonight as well, and then the nightcap is Grizzlies and Jazz as the Jazz try to even their series after their surprising Game One loss. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, 
be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.